my title, and I'm not into titles, but I'll give you a little title today. He always saw beyond the grave. He always saw beyond the grave. Who did? Jesus. And just before I go on speaking, I would like to recognize the Leong family who have gone through a very serious tragedy. Sister Elena lost her mother. Uh, we buried her. Uh, I think it was a week ago, Monday, was it? Uh, we're praying for you, my darling. We thank God to see you here at daybreak with us. Thank you. Jesus always saw beyond the grave. The scripture for this morning is the scripture found in the 26th chapter of the book of Matthew. Uh, the storyline runs from the 6th verse to the 13th verse. It's interesting because it has to do with something that happened just before uh, the crucifixion. A very beautiful experience. It had to do with a visit in Bethany. And let me let me share this scripture with you. In the in the sixth verse it says, Now Jesus proceeded to Bethany to the home of Simon the leper. While he was eating, a woman came in with a bottle of very expensive perfume and poured it over his head. The disciples were indignant. What a waste of good money, they said. Why, she could have sold it for a fortune and give it to the poor. Jesus knew what they were thinking, and he said, why are you criticizing her? For she has done a good thing to me. You will always have the poor among you, but you won't always have me. She has poured this perfume on me to prepare my body for burial. And she will always be remembered for this deed. The story of what she has done will be told throughout the whole world wherever the good news is preached. Jesus is anointed with very expensive perfume. It's so beautiful because Jesus was anointed several times. At one time he was anointed with tears and the hair of a very grateful woman was what was used as a towel. So many a grateful person, at least three did, found their way to Jesus to anoint him. I want you to see what the people thought. What a waste. And I want you to know right now, and this included the disciples. This is important that you know it. Not only the guests at the table, not only the company at the, at the banquet, but it also included the disciples. And they said, what a waste. We could have given it to the poor. You know, I'm always amazed how many projects we find to do with somebody else's money. Aren't you amazed? We always know what to do with somebody else's money. And all of a sudden, this is being done to Jesus. They say, what a waste. What a waste. We could have fed the poor. Now Jesus comes and says the following. 
don't criticize her. If I were really into feminism, if I were really a woman's liber, this would be my key verse. It really would. Where he says, don't criticize her. And in the three other versions, listen to what he says, don't trouble her. Listen to what else he says, she's done a good thing. In other words, Jesus came to the defense of that woman. And why did he come to the defense? Because she had understood something that sometimes it takes a whole lifetime in Christianity to understand. And some die in the faith and never fully understand it. And what is that? That Christ comes first. That he's got to be first. That with Jesus there is a priority. And our Christian life is not what it should be because he's not in first place. We are not the victors we should be because he's not in first place. We don't know how to handle our tribulations, our sorrows, our troubles because he's not in first place. You say, well, what does that mean? That we won't have them? No, 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 you will have them. The only thing is that when he is in first place, there is strength, there is patience, there is tolerance, a little bit different. And then there is also self-control when he is first. Oh, this is so important to us. Now Jesus said, she's understood this. You won't always have me. I love the Gospels because there isn't one time that Jesus doesn't set himself up as a source and as a priority. Now you say, Sister Amy, this is the 26th chapter. Jesus is still alive. What, what does this have to do with resurrection? Well, it has to do with resurrection in this very special way. Jesus always saw beyond the grave. Jesus always saw the activity and the action and the power of the resurrection. You see, this is why the disciples were so confused. Why is he always talking in terms of uh, what's coming and what's going to happen? And uh, No, no, no. It's now. That's us. We want it now. You know, when? Yesterday. There's an over-anxiety in us for everything. But no. He always spoke resurrection. He always spoke Victory over the grave. He, but the only thing is they didn't understand his language. They didn't know what he was talking about. I want you to look at this woman for a minute. She was moved by love. And it wasn't the sick love of Jesus Christ superstar. I don't know how to love him. Somebody confused between sex and life and passion, human passion. No, no, no. She knew how to love him. She knew that he was beyond anything that had to do with her passions or her emotions. This man delved so deep into her being that her spirit was changed, that her soul was washed, that her life was enlightened. So she's not standing there wishy-washy. I love you, I love you, I love you. No, no, no. She is standing there pouring out her life, pouring out her love, pouring out her soul to this, her Savior. 
she moved, she was moved in love, and she also moved prophetically, only she didn't know it. Folks, I'm going to tell you something. Sometimes you move prophetically and you don't know it. Really. You move prophetically and you don't know it. You say, Sister Amy, is it possible? You mean, you get? yes, it is. It is. She didn't know the intensity of his death. She didn't know anything about Calvary. She knew nothing about the grave. She knew nothing about the resurrection. She knew nothing about this. Yet she moved in love prophetically. So prophetically that when she didn't disclose it, Jesus disclosed it. He said, she's prepared me for my burial. I can imagine the poor lady saying, oh, you're going to die? Oh my God, he's going to die. And I can see the disciples saying, what do you mean burial? What are you talking about? What, what, what is this? Oh, folks, I want you to know, Jesus and the Holy Spirit knew that this would be our treasure. So many things that were trampled over in terms of experiences, not in terms of, of the negative. Many things that were passed up, many things that were never seen, many things that were never heard, never, many things that were never understood. We go back to the scripture, oh, and it jumps at us with resurrection. It jumps at us with power. It jumps at us with glory. Why? For 2,000 years later, we can see the whole picture. It's complete. It's perfect. No pieces left out. She just moved prophetically. At the gravesite, women came with the necessary oils, with the necessary embalmings, with everything. Too late. They thought they were on time. They thought this was the right thing. They couldn't wait. No, no, no. There was a prophetic time, and this woman was on God's time clock. Sometimes in the surrender of our lives, sometimes in the giving of ourselves to God, it seems like nobody appreciates it. It seems like nobody cares. It seems like there's a family making fun of us. It seems like there are so many problems to serve the Lord. It seems like it's a losing battle. I wonder how she left that place, other than the fact that she knew he appreciated it. Can you imagine the snarls as she left the door? Well, woman, you could have found something better to do with your money. And she just left. You know where Jesus placed her? In the path of resurrection. You say, how, where, where, where? You know what he told them? She will always be remembered for this deed. You know what that is? That's real immortalization. And very few people are immortalized. We try to immortalize them, you know, 50, 60, 70, 80, 100, 200 years later. We try to lift them up as the immortals because of a gift that they gave. Jesus immortalized her. She saw his death. She saw his greatness. She saw his power and she saw his resurrection. She didn't fully know it. That's why, folks, don't ever think you can pat down your faith experience. Don't ever think you've got exactly what you want or what you don't want. 
don't struggle with the fact that you may be a little pushed out of shape with our noise and our expression and our freedom. And you Christians, don't be pushed out of shape when you go into a beautiful cathedral and everything is silence. And it's almost like the smoke is seen through the, uh, the sunlight that comes in through the crystals. And you say, oh no, I want to go to my church. Hey, we swing there. Learn to appreciate the beauty of a cathedral, the silence of, of, a, of a place like the garden. Why? Because God's there. Oh, we want to, we're always into the framing. We love that. This is it. This is the way it goes. Hey, folks, give me a break. We never know the fullness nor the completeness of our faith. We try to impose what we think is our faith. We try to impose what we think is our revival. We try to impose what we think is our joy. Uh-uh. You don't do that. You have it. You express it. It's yours. And if it's contagious, we'll go with you. Because we're good followers. But my sister and my brother that sit there quietly, drinking from very deep fountains, It's not that they're not with us. It's just that they have a framework that's a wee bit different. And guess what? We're both going to make it. I hope the noise doesn't upset them in heaven. <laughs> but I hope the silence doesn't scare us. For there will be times of both. Oh, glory to God. I'm excited. I love the gospel. I love Jesus. I love the balance. I love the rainbow. I love the many colors. I, I love the, the, the fairness, the equality, the glory, the grace of our gospel. Oh, they, everybody wants to narrow it down. Everybody wants to push it in. Everybody wants to girdle it. Well, you can't. You can't. Some are yellow, some are purple, some are blue. You can't. And I love him for that. She'll always be remembered, he said. This has to do with resurrection. Because he knew he would rise again. And he knew the gospel would go on. And he knew the thousands of years it would travel. Two thousand years later, almost, we're sitting here talking about this lady. Is she not immortalized? Is she not immortalized? Not only with us, but throughout the world. The scripture Jesus says, and look where he places her. She would be a part of the good news. You know what the good news is? The gospel. Oh, folks. <laughs> I'm not even going to say it. If only I could be a part of the good news. There are times I'm not. There are times I've got a lot of bad news going. You know that. I say that in terms of my humanity. I say that in terms of uh, things I can't do, things I'd like to do and I can't, and things that I do that I shouldn't do. But she would be a part of the good news. And I bring you a very sad moment. The scripture tells us 
that there was another character. She never saw the resurrection. Judas never saw the resurrection either. He hung himself. He was very annoyed at this act. And it was after this anointing that he stormed out and he fumed out only to lose his soul. After the anointing, he betrayed. With the anointing, she became immortalized and part of the gospel. What's the difference? Where do we fall? Oh God, never. I pray never like Judas, but always like a woman, this particular woman who said he means so much to me that I will give him everything I have. I will give him my life's sustenance to only show him how much I love him. He saw beyond the grave and placed a woman in the light of the resurrection and brought her all the way down to us. I thank God this morning that women were a very beautiful part of the resurrection. And I mean that. I think God saw the stigma. I think God saw the pain I think God saw the impossibilities coming down the road. And he gave women a very special place. It's Mary Magdalene that thinks he's a gardener. Please tell me, tell me where you put the body. Please tell me, tell me, tell me. Can you imagine Mary trying to carry Jesus' body? Well, that in itself is a whole resurrection story. I leave this one with you. She gave him everything she had. He in turn said, you have done a wonderful thing for me. You've prepared me for burial. And after my resurrection, you'll go with me forever in the proclamation of the good news. I want to be that part of the resurrection. Say amen. amen. That part of the resurrection that wherever we go, we're a part of his glory, a part of his power, a part of that which rose him from the dead. I want to be a part of it.